So you know the age-old saying, sticks and stones may break your bones, but words will never hurt you? Well, I don't know how much clarity or how much truth there is to that concept, because to me, words really matter. And today's guest is kind of in the same boat in a huge way, because she is a copywriting guru. And what does that mean? One, words do matter, and she's going to tell us all about why. And two, I know from a love language perspective that words can carry a ton of weight. Whether or not we want them to affect us or not is kind of a choice that we are able to make as people. But ultimately, they do carry so much importance and emphasis. Whether it's filling your love tank or it's depleting your love tank, or perhaps it's triggering something from your past, or maybe it's enhancing something for your future. I am so thrilled to unpack this concept and dive deep into the strategy of it, as well as uncover a bit more about who Caitlin Parker is. She's also a wine enthusiast, so if you understand uncorked in Copy Uncorked, you will pop over to her website and truly feel like you're immersed at a vineyard. And I just love it. Even though I have been almost on the alcohol-free train for a year now, I still value the ambiance that comes along with it and the concept of what it is when it's done in a healthy way. And Caitlin is absolutely a woman of class, and I'm so thrilled to have her in our community, and I really know that she's going to touch you. So if you're an entrepreneur, if you're a dog mama, if you're a wine lover, if you're uh, anyone who's just looking to enhance the way that they speak or write, um, this is a a girl you're going to really want to get to know. So enjoy again, Caitlin Parker with Coffee Uncorked. Go check her out. All of the ways that you can involve her uh, in your life and your words are available in this episode. So tune in, chat soon. This is your God wink, the moment that heaven says for such a time as this. It's time to own your joy, prioritize your health, discover your wealth, and exude your wholeness. It's time to become truly fit. However, this isn't a fitness podcast, though I'm a retired personal trainer and nutritionist. This isn't business jargon or tips and tricks to landing your successful passion project, though that's totally why I'm a business coach. This isn't a quick fix health detox ploy, though I'm all for therapy and I love whole foods. I do have a YOLO side sweet tooth, though. This isn't confusing religious banter, though I'm an ordained minister still figuring out the many things and facets and faces of Jesus. It's really none of that, so I'm wondering... If you're wondering, what is this? Well, this is an opportunity to join me alongside other big dreamers, innovative movers, and lifestyle shakers as we explore and share our messy comeback stories and discoveries with each of you fellow passionate seekers. The Fit and Faith movement was birthed through my own trial and error discovery of mind, body, and soul alignment, and to be totally transparent, my own entrepreneurial crash and burn experiences. I've learned firsthand that being fit isn't about our physique at all. It's not about our qualifying abilities or titles. It's not about our potential. It's truly about our God-gifted passions meeting our purpose. You are one step away from achieving your idea, your dream, your calling, your purpose, whatever you want to call it. And I want to be there for the moment that you say yes in freedom, clarity, and confidence that you are living fully fit and who and whose you were made to be. Welcome to the Fit and Faith Podcast with me, Tamara Andress. There is no better time than now to get fit. Hello, we are so excited to be here today. I am so pumped to bring to you a local, which I really wish was in person with me, but we haven't made it to that part of our relationship yet where we can hug a neck and be in the same room. So soon enough, we will. And so I'm excited to explore um, just getting to know you a little bit more and sharing what it is that you do and how we're so aligned in a lot of what it is that we do. So y'all, this is Caitlin with Kyle. 
Poppy Uncorked. And if you don't know her, you're in for a treat. Um, and if you do, I hope that this gives us an opportunity to go a little bit deeper and share something new about who she is and what she's passionate about. Um, Caitlin, I want to give you a chance to just kind of introduce yourself and then we can kind of dive in. Awesome. Hi, everyone. I'm excited to be here. Thanks so much for having me, Tamara, for the nice words. Um, my name is Caitlin. I'm a copywriter and a brand strategist. Um, the name of my company is Copy and Court, um, and we provide brand messaging, website copywriting, um, email marketing sequences for modern brands and creative entrepreneurs. So, yeah, so cool. everything to do with with words for the most part. Yes, and I am like such a fiend for words. I've been writing um, poetry since I was in ninth grade, um, brought on by like an emo boyfriend at the time, but I'm so grateful (laughs) because now it's like an expression of how I share. And whenever there is, um, you know, family, uh, you know, family celebrations or birthdays or things like that, I get to kind of go into that creative zone of words and then writing, writing books is a whole nother thing than copy. And I'd love, I know you were talking about that before, like, I have a lot of authors who are listeners because I go to um, conferences for book writing around our stories and our testimonies and how we bring those to the world and serve. Um, So I'd love for you to like share what the difference is and why it's really important to, to know the difference. Between like book writing and copywriting. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. So copywriting is really, um, it's like the art and the science of words and copywriting. The difference between like content writing or book writing is every, every line of copy is essentially intended to help produce some sort of an action. So the goal of every line of copy is to get you to read the next line of copy. So that's why, um, people put a lot of emphasis on headlines because the headline is what gets you to actually open the piece of writing and be interested in reading it. And then we have, you know, call to action buttons throughout um, a piece of copywriting to actually get people to take an action and move forward, ultimately make a purchase. So it's really like um, the marketing and sales version of words. Um, And it sometimes gets a bad rap. And I think as entrepreneurs and women, sometimes it's it's hard for us to think about like really putting ourselves out there and and selling and we feel cringy and we don't want to sell, but really good copywriting is it's so empathetic it really like is a testament to showing how how much and how well you know their audience your audience and how you're able to like meet their needs and provide a solution that maybe they wouldn't have thought of or known about before yeah i love that um so yeah really the biggest difference is that it's it's not necessarily like eloquent long-winded prose or like a fiction novel or um you know, even like the type of writing that you did recently on the book that you just um, collaborated in. So, yeah. Really neat. I think it's so necessary because it it feels like when you're writing something long-winded, such as a blog post, for instance, because not everybody's a book yeah. writer, um, but even like microblogging now through Instagram or Facebook, people are writing a good amount of content. Literally, you could yeah. plug and play that into a blog. It's like those words matter, but like on the scroll, what's the scroll stopper? And I feel like your website, and I'm going to lean um, people over into it right now. You guys, her website is so gorgeous. Um, it's so pretty. Yeah, I absolutely love it. So just paying attention to like the words that she uses. And I want to dive in uh, and kind of take a little bit of a, a changeover because you can notice that there are a lot of lingo around wine. And I love this. And I don't know if a lot of um, my listeners know, but I used to sell for Scout and Cellar. And so I love, I love wine. I stopped drinking last May. So there's components of that. That's like bittersweet, but like, tell me, tell me the blend of that. And, and I want to hear your heart. Yeah. So, um, I actually started my business shortly after I had finished, um, a master's program and I was working at Regent university at the time in a department called the center for entrepreneurship. And, Um, we were like responsible for helping set up business development centers around the world. And it was all focused on entrepreneurship. So I feel like that's where my love of writing started taking this like entrepreneurial shape. And I learned about copywriting. So I started a side business and it was just like based off of my maiden name initials. And I mean, it was called KVH creative and it was great for a while, but the more that I got into copy, I realized as a copywriter, I wasn't doing a good job of allowing people to understand what I did. Like the term creative is so broad mm-hmm. and KVH were my initials and then I was married. So it no longer fit. So I started trying to think about ways that I could differentiate myself 
as a copywriter and come up with a fun concept brand that, you know, other entrepreneurs and women enjoy, which is wine. So um, the name Copy Uncorked kind of came to me after a trip that my husband and I had gone on. And so I worked really hard to essentially take that concept and make it consistent throughout the website. And I wanted it to have um, a very like refined feel that allows people to feel relaxed when they come to my website instead of that like loud, shouty, bright colored neon marketing that we sometimes get where you almost like feel that immediate pressure to purchase. And I wanted it to be more of that um, just inviting way of um, showing how I've been able to articulate myself and how my business is essentially helping others do the same thing. Yeah, I think it's, I mean, obviously in order for people to understand like the value of it, they have to be able to see how it works. And I immediately felt that way when I went to your site, I felt like we were sitting at a vineyard on a Sunday, you know, (laughs) afternoon, relaxing in the sun with some bread that I shouldn't be eating and just like enjoying. So I I love that you say that before I even had like the the words to express it. I felt that way. So that's really cool. And that's what we want to do as entrepreneurs who are, you know, entering into this flooded market where words are everywhere and, you know, what sets you apart, what makes you different. This is an interesting like business tool and I don't intend for these to really go businessy, but sometimes it's fun because there are a lot of people interested in it, especially during this time as they're like emerging into their passions. But I was on a call yesterday we were talking about SEO development for ads and uh, they were talking about like keyword search and I've done that before in, in other companies, but it was, they're like big corporate, you know, settings. And so I never really thought like, how does that apply to me? So we went in the back end and we, we researched my immersive retreats. Y'all, there was 10 searches for immersive retreats and I'm like whoa what's going on now wellness retreats wholeness retreats all-inclusive retreats these things all were you know 30,000 300,000 and so it's really important that when we choose our words we're choosing them wisely and it's not done just because it's florally language which is what I like to do but it's done with purpose and I, I think that's cool yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think when it comes to copywriting, clarity is by far the most important thing. And I think so many of us can get hung up on like wanting it to be super clever. And um, it's it's hard to come up with like concept brands or creative language because sometimes we can only do so at the expense of clarity. So it is it's totally a balance. And sometimes just um, landing on something where your message comes across clearly and is the language that your audience is actually using, like coming back to the retreats example you just used, yeah. if they're obviously not using those words to search for your event, yeah. it's not going to come up. So right. that's that's kind of the science part of copywriting is figuring yeah. out like what are people already talking about and how can we jump into that conversation and use the words and phrases that they're using so that they understand it better versus like speaking in jargon or coming up with our own terms that people like don't relate to. Right. Yeah. It's so cool. So I want to like jump into your example of uh, the quiz that people can take that parallels the varietals of wine to how their message and brand messaging is. So jump into that a bit. I think it's so cool and clever. Yeah. So there's this um, company called Interact and they make quizzes and it's a really fun way of having um, a lead generator that also provides value. So rather than, um, you know, a PDF downloadable, even though we have one of those too, a quiz is just a fun way where you can provide people information that helps kind of point them in the right direction. Um, Have them join your email list if they want to, but just... um, you know, it's just the quizzes are fun. Like, yeah, they are. <laughs> we don't take the BuzzFeed style ones. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we came up with the wine quiz one. Um, there's four or five varietals as a result, and it just kind of um, explains how each varietal can match a particular, um, like the the tone of voice that you yeah. use. You know, the way that your message comes across. So yeah, really cool. I love it. This morning I was watching uh, somebody who I work with was sending me like a YouTube video of quarantine stereotypes. Have you seen this video yet? Uh-huh. Oh yes. my gosh, I was dying laughing with these guys this morning and there was like the guy who's like working and he has his business suit on and his kids are like down here tugging at him and he stands up, he's in his underwear and so like thinking about the fact that like really 
anything that you do or pursue in a passion, there are really all of these different segments of people because we're all different. Our personality types suit those things differently. So if anyone's looking for like a cool lead gen or any of that, that would, a quiz is, is really awesome. It makes it fun. It makes it relatable and it makes it feel like before they even meet you that there is, um, a relatability like, Oh, this person really knows me, even though you didn't really create the fullness of the quiz, you know, it suits, it suits what, what it is that you're doing and already puts them into this mindset. So really cool. Really cool tactic. All right, so let's jump a little deeper. Um, you shared kind of how you got in, you know, interested in copywriting, where that started. Uh, take us back to like before you got to working for Regent. Like, what was your journey like? What led you there in the first place, and where you are kind of now in your life? Yeah, totally. So, um, like you mentioned, I'm local to Virginia Beach, so I, you know, went to high school here and everything, and I was a field hockey player, and I went to, um, to school at UVA. I played field hockey there, which was an incredible experience and a really trying experience, and I went through some really, really hard times um, in college that, like, just a lot of, like, depression, anxiety, a little bit of um, disordered eating for a while, and it just was, like, one of those things that was such a struggle in the thick of it. And I'd grown up Christian and it was, it was hard being away at school and juggling like the demands of, um, a division one, like being a division one athlete, your school load, all of that. So, um, I stuck it out through college and came home for a little bit and then moved up to Baltimore. And while I was at Baltimore, I started out in a sales job and then later started working for Lululemon and, while I was at Lululemon, I was, you know, doing yoga and running again and all of those things. I started writing a lot more. Like I had a, a personal blog on the side and it was like, that was the season of my life that like God was just really working on my heart and like bringing so much healing and, and hope and clarity. And, um, I was enjoying what I was doing at Lululemon. It's kind of when I like just fell in love with branding. I was able to like help manage our store social media and open a few other stores. So it was just a great um, season of like discovery for me. Mm-hmm. And so I eventually moved back home to go to grad school at Regent. And then um, because of like just the work that God had been doing on my heart while I was at Baltimore, I, as soon as I moved home, I was like, I've got to find a church. Um, so I got plugged in at a church locally. And then that's when I ended up meeting my husband, which was great. So we dated for like two years, um, got married July of 2017. And now we live in Virginia beach in our first home with our little mini golden doodle, no kids yet. Um, my husband's an entrepreneur too. So yeah, that's kind of like my life story in terms of how I got here. Yeah. um, Yeah. Again, was, was always raised Christian and, um, God's been a big part of my life. And at this, at the same time, I think we all go through seasons of challenges and, you know, trials where our faith is tested a little bit more. And, um, that was definitely, uh, my college time frame for me. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's for a lot of people. It's just because that's such a, a season of, of discovery and trial yeah. and error and a lot of error and yeah. try. And I think that's honestly just because we're so young and we're thrust into something brand new and we yeah. often don't know. And I've talked about this before, like we're not even actually like ready for any of that stuff when it happens. Right. It's just what the next season of life is said to need or demand. And at yeah. the exact same time, like I really want something different for my kids because yeah. I I don't think that that should be the next expectation. Not to say that college yeah. wasn't vital for me. I, I learned a lot. I did a lot of self-developing as well. Yeah. But I mean, I think I get the same from traveling. I get the same from like, really developed e-courses or online programs that I'm really invested and interested in. So I'm happy to see that that's now becoming an option, but I still feel like it's the trajectory of the traditional American home is, okay, now you go to college. And it's the first question I naturally ask a senior or a junior, where are you going to go to school? And then I'm like, "Mm, I wish I didn't say that because it shouldn't be the pressure of society, but it is. So yes. it's interesting now to speak on that. I'm sure this is constantly a question that you get because it was literally at my wedding day. When are you guys going to have babies? How has that question like plagued you guys? Is it so annoying because that's like the next step kind of or? Yeah, I, it's funny. I feel like um, family and friends that, that know me, they don't ask that much because yeah. they just know I'm like, 
I'm, I've just always been a very like driven, I'm a type three on the Enneagram. I'm like my top strengths finder strength is achiever. Like I just am a goer. And mm-hmm. so it's been hard for me to kind of like slow down and think about. Yeah, it's <laughs> huge. And I know that I want that. And then I, you know, I see other moms who are doing all that I'm doing and more with three kids, mm-hmm. you know, women like yourself. And then I'm just like, this is, you know, incredible what women are able to do. And I think that that's the beautiful thing about like how God uses each one of our experiences to come alongside us and like strengthen our capacity, like in every season that we're in. Like Mm -hmm. I think every year of my life, it's like, even when I was in grade school, like fifth grade could have gone great, but then you're like scared to go to sixth grade. But then, you know, God gives you everything that you need to handle that season of your life. So I kind of just look at having kids that way. Like I know that he's going to just like strengthen that desire of my heart over time. And, um, my husband and I are excited and focused on our businesses right now, but I know that within, you know, a short period of time that will slow down and we'll start, um, family planning a little bit more seriously. That's a great, that's a great perspective to have though. And it'll give you so much freedom in that experience when it does happen or it is time. Um, I, I just remember people asking me, I'm like, come on. Like we were together for like four years prior. So there was like this anticipation, like all of it's going to happen at once. And it did. And there's (laughs) definitely the moments I'm a three as well. And it is very, hard it's really hard to like manage those points like yesterday morning I was up at 4 45 before the kids woke up so I could start start because <laughs> my brain and my heart and my energy levels are like ready set go and yet I still have the responsibility of being a mom so my kiddos I was really expecting they wouldn't wake up for at least two and a half hours and of course I hear the little pitter patters upstairs and I'm like dang it I haven't even finished my first cup of coffee I have so much to do so they like come downstairs and then my hubby comes downstairs and he's like how are you and I'm like you know I'm wrestling. I'm really wrestling right now because like, this is my time and I feel like it's being stolen and it's like they creep into the next hour, like every minute, every day. And then also knowing like, this is a season that I'm going to want back. It's a season that like, I can't, uh, I can't say that it's always has all the highs, but it's not something I ever want to reflect on just missing, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I had made a post this morning because a couple people this week had mentioned to me um, how busy I am. They're like, oh, you're so busy. I see all the things you're doing. You're so busy. And that word, similar to like perfectionism, just like mm, it plagues me because I, I used to live a life where like busy was my normal because one, a tendency of a three, but also I was achieving out of Jesus was not a part of that scenario. Yeah. Like not in my, not that he wasn't in my heart. I just wasn't focused on that. I just thought he loved me and I'll do what I'll do. Right. And it ended up being huge burnout Mm -hmm. and I had to completely refocus and realign my entire life. And this was while I had babies. So I'm really grateful that four years later, I've been able to refocus and realign. And the time that I spend doing all the things, quote unquote, are really purposed and really intentional. And I just don't want people to think that like I choose to do all the things that I do because I'm not putting energy in all the things that I love because I do really love it. And it really doesn't matter what they think, right? But it's hard. It's a hard road to walk. And I would very much encourage you to just keep pressing into the things that you love now. They're going to flow over and into the time when you are a mama too. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. And I I think that is kind of that um, misinterpretation and and challenge of, of being a three is like so much of it is intrinsic and the things that you truly love to do. And I'm an introvert on top of it. So it's just like, what's happening? (laughs) Yeah. Um, And I think people who um, maybe have a harder time with understanding that it, it just can be negatively misinterpreted of like, Oh, she's so busy all the time or she only cares about that. And it's like, that's really crushing to a three because so much of your work too is tied into like helping people and wanting to, you know what I mean? So So I think that's where I've, I've really loved the Enneagram and my sister and I talk about it all the time because we're close in age we're two years apart. And it was like finding out each other's (laughs) Enneagram was like, Oh my gosh. It was just like eye opening because we were able to like communicate and understand each other so much better. And those things that like seem like stereotypes just Mm -hmm. became more of like, 
this is just one characteristic of this person and here's a little bit more of an explanation as to why so that's so funny that you bring that up because me and my sister just traded enneagrams last weekend Oh, really? And we've never really lived a life of like seeing eye to eye, like ever. Yeah. She's a, yeah. almost four years older than me. I've always felt like the nagging little sister. Um, I've never, I've just never felt like we could see eye to eye. Like, and so yeah. we've gone through a lot of trials and tribulations just as sisters and family and trying to navigate like our faith through that and our mother, mothering styles through that, the way we live again, all Enneagram related things. So I was folding laundry the other day and I'm like, how can I like get through to her? How can I learn who she is more without it being a judgmental thing or her feeling like I'm encroaching on who she is or trying to change her or vice versa to me. And so, you know, both loving Jesus, I'm like, God, like there has to be, there has to be something here. So I was listening to, um, your Enneagram coach. Have you ever heard of her? Um, maybe. Okay. So she's like a faith-based Enneagram follower and researcher. She has an Instagram. So check her out. And I was listening to my girl, Rebecca, who was, she's going to be on the podcast in a couple, maybe next week, I think. And, uh, she was interviewing her and it just like rang a bell as I'm folding laundry. Like I should have my sister do the Enneagram with me because I've done it before. I've researched it. Me and my husband do it. I am like such a diehard because I think it's so helpful for communication strategies and relationships. So I sent it over to her and it's just really funny that you said that. I'm looking forward to like getting to the next step because we share our Enneagrams and then it's been crickets. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I don't know if she hates me more or, you know. Yeah, there's like that digesting period a little bit where like suddenly you're just like more attuned to the way that somebody is and then you start to appreciate it. I think at first it's like, oh yeah, you're so that way. It's like the finger pointing and then you kind of are like, okay, I I understand. There are positives to this. And and that's like the cool thing about the Enneagram too is just the expression of – like a healthy yeah. versus like an unhealthy and how you, there's kind of like that swing. And yeah. so it's, it is, it's really great for personal development, tying back to what you're talking about, like with burnout. And that mm-hmm. is something that, you know, I have to think about a lot. I think it, it's different for everyone, regardless of what your Enneagram type mm-hmm. is. If you're a mom, if you're not a mom, like, um, and the, the motivations behind why we're doing what we're doing. And, you know, is it that like God is leading our business is God leaving, leading our motherhood and our parenting, or are we kind of like charging full steam ahead and we're just like shoving everything down in terms of how we're feeling about it, or we're not really asking ourselves, um, what the purpose or the intent is behind it. So, yeah, that's so good. And so, so true. And in conjunction with that experience that I had yesterday morning, I, the night before was doing, um, washing the dishes and I was just in like worship. My kids were upstairs showering. It was like my only alone time of the, of the afternoon evening. And I had the song, um, and I'm not going to sing though. For some reason, I always find myself singing, I think, cause I just play worship music all the time, but the song, like you are worthy of it all. You know that song? I'm not going to, okay, I'm not going to go into the tune, but um, I was just singing it and I just felt it so much in my presence in the following morning. That's when that happened. And prior to me jumping into my work, which is a tendency that I have to do, I opened my Jesus Always, which is like the Jesus, um, it's the sequel to the Jesus Calling book. Yeah, it's the sequel. And um, so I was reading it and the very first words were, I am worthy of it all. And it made me realize, yeah, like just a God moment. He's so good in that way. Like he'll give us winks along the way. And I realized, you know, he's worthy even of my time that I'm investing in the what the passion is seated so deep inside of me. Like mm-hmm. to others that might seem like overboard or overkill or busy. But to right. me, it's like the pursuit of him in right. the things that I feel called to do. Yes, I love that. It, yeah. Like reminds me of that um the Marianne Williams quote that I'm sure we've all heard a million times but the one about like you're playing small like doesn't serve the world and I think so many of us we either feel too much or too little like at any given point sometimes we don't feel enough and then other times we feel like too much and I feel like I try to keep that line in the back of my head of just like me buying into either one of those or me being like my sense of ambition is somehow like 
offending someone else or something right. just causes me to play small and literally create and take up like it, it causes me to like take up less space and when we take up more space we allow other people into that space with us That's so beautiful. like by us moving forward we're not <laughs> yeah we're like making less of anyone else if anything it's like clearing a space for other people to rise too so. y'all this has been a transformational year for women who I've had the absolute gift of walking life out with. And not for one second have I taken it for granted, or can I take the credit for all that has transpired. It is truly a God thing. I wanted to jump on here to share with you about what I'm believing the 2020 year has in store for us. One of clarity and visions finally coming to fruition over our dreams. Core Creatives is a monthly women's collaborative community, which is catapulted into something very special. In each quarter, I'll be launching new groups that you could be a part of. Words like invaluable, rewarding, motivating, encouraging, authentic, foundational, and a godsend are all words that women have used to define this group. This year alone, new passion projects have taken flight, businesses have launched, seasoned businesses have rebranded, new vibrancy has been added to the pursuits and daily tasks, logos and websites have been generated, new customers have been cultivated, and my very favorite, collaborations and healthy relationships have been built between women pursuing their own version of happiness. Y'all, this is not a competition, and this group of creatives puts that into action. Oh, and I can't forget, as a collective, we've raised thousands of dollars for nonprofit that we're all passionate about. I could go on for days, so I will stop ranting, but seriously, I had to take this chance to tell you about these groups as they continue to launch, and a new one is happening soon. So sign up today or come out to a free meeting and truly see for yourself. This is an online and local event, so definitely get in touch. I can't wait to see you. So beautiful. And I feel like that's such a timely conversation and timely topic right now, um, even in the concept of wealth for women and mm-hmm. them understanding that like that also is inclusive of your finances. So yeah. like for us to desire more in that realm is not a, nece- a necessity of, of selfishness or greed. It's right. that if I can get here, you can come here with me. If I can get here, right. you can come here with me because yeah. I'm all about community, like bringing people along. Yeah. I realized I cannot succeed or exceed anything without uh, people helping me, without me okay. saying, I can't do this perfectly. I'm not good at it bring yeah. them into their zone of genius and see how we rise together. Um, yeah. So I'm so grateful for the people that are in community with me. And I just think it's so necessary as women that we, we know that there is blessings in also yeah. the ability to want more out of life. And Absolutely. wealth is way more than just money, in my opinion. Right. Yeah, I completely agree. I was reading something the other day that was talking about how money is just like a, a neutral, like it's not good, it's not bad. I read but that. We are humans and we are sinful like beings. Yeah. Like we assign meaning to things, we make it negative because we take our goals and ambitions that, you know, God's given us the desires of our heart to go out and bring into the world and we make it this selfish thing or we lose sight of what you know really matters the most or we rush through our work or you know we um yeah we just make it into something that it necessarily isn't so I think money is sometimes a good a good indicator and just a good check to ask ourselves how we're feeling about it and if it's um if we don't like what we hear ourselves saying um to kind of reevaluate why that may be whether it's feeling like we're undeserving of a lot of wealth or money and we're living in a scarcity mindset. Like, I mean, that was something for a long time. I feel like God had to work on my heart about was just leaning into that abundance mindset Mm -hmm. because like you were saying, it just allows you to like be more joyful and create more community with other people because you know, there's enough to go around. And it's like, if we really looked at our lives and our work and we tried to serve everyone and everything, we could never, ever, ever do it. So it just is is proof that um, there's more than enough to go around. I totally agree. And I think the more that women specifically, because I've found that most men don't have that problem. They're like, yeah, I want more money. It's no big deal. Like, don't you? (laughs) Like, it's just whatever, right? So, like, I don't, 
I've been trying to kind of dissect what that is because it's like every coaching client that I have, I have to go into that space with them. And it, Uh you know, it generally is from how they were raised or um, what they had or didn't have as they were raised. And then, of course, what society has deemed right or wrong in that realm. Um, And like what a power figure or a power woman looks like in, in discrepancy to the stay at home mom. Or the homeschool mom. And like right now, there's so many of us who are both of those things. And it's awesome. And you are awesome. And you're rad. And you're strong. And you're independent. And you're beautiful. And you're all of those things. But you're also really worthy of being just you in those spaces. And so I I would encourage, like, even as you continue down your life's path, like, when you're bringing yourself to the table, whatever version of that is, like, just like you blended another passion into your copywriting experience, you should always do that. You should always bring all of you and not segment yourself into, I can only be this way for this one idea or this one passion. Like you get to be all of those things all the time. I would not be the type of empathetic woman that I am for the coaching clients that I had if I wasn't a mom. It just wouldn't, it wouldn't be a part of me yet. And It's just because I had to go in such a dark hole while I was mothering. And so I have a new understanding and a new appreciation for what those little beings have done for my life and what I want to serve them in their life. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I I feel that. And I think for a long time after I'd kind of come out of what I was dealing with in college, that, that empathy was such a huge part of my writing. I mean, it was just like that was everything I was writing about and just like, I felt like that was going to be my ultimate purpose. Like I thought I was going to be like creating this organization to help like women my age kind of come out of that. And it's, it still is a big part of my life, but I think sometimes it's almost like when God brings us healing in one area of our life, we almost start to lose some of that empathy because we find strength in our own accord. And so it's like, even though like, praise God, I don't necessarily struggle with those things at all anymore. Sometimes there are those little those down days or those reminders, you know what I mean? That just like cause you to have more of that reliance. And it's just like, it's just a reminder. It's like, Oh, okay. Like that is a real thing. And a lot of women around me struggle with, and that's something that God entrusted me with that experience. And he brought me through that to be able to help other women, you know, in, in different seasons of life. And so sometimes it's, it's almost as if I feel, I still feel that responsibility, but it's easy to, to let it go because we can become narrow-sighted on, you know, what we're doing in our own lives. That's so true. It's so true. I'm curious from like your business um, experience with women or just in general, do you serve men clients as well? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Like where in that experience have you, because like going into like branding and copywriting, there's a lot of like explanation of what your storyline is. Tell me your why, tell me your value statement Um, explain like kind of some experiences you've had going down that path with people. Yeah. Um, so since so much of my work does start with brain messaging, like before I go to write a client's website copy or, you know, all of the words on, on their website, um, we sit down and we kind of really figure out what their message is. So we kind of go through those storylines and we figure out what their why is. And thankfully so much of the work that I'm doing is about taking their story and their experience and creating a story that we can invite their customers into. So I'm always telling my clients that, um, their, their audience is the hero of the story and they're just the guide. Um, but with that, I think, tons of women that I talked to and, and one client in particular that I worked with recently, um, she sent me like a a review at the end of the project. And it was one of my favorite ones so far, because she just talked about that experience on the front end of like that personal discovery. And she was just talking about how she felt like it was so much more than copywriting because she really, she wanted to be like led through the process of kind of uncovering what all of that was like dusting it all off a little bit because we get so close to things in our own business and in our own lives. And we forget kind of what that secret sauce, so to speak is. Yeah. Um, so I, I love going deep on calls with clients, um, to help them figure that out and to just see it plainly because sometimes when we're asked the question like, Oh, what's your differentiator? What makes you different? You just see like people like go into this shell and they're like, I have no idea. But then when you just like, I'll just start writing bullets down on a piece of paper and they're like, Oh, I didn't even 
realize that or I didn't even think about that. So it's like I love watching people come into it. Sure, they're a little bit stressed or a little bit overwhelmed with the technicalities of writing for their business or, you know, of marketing, but coming in just not feeling confident in what they have to say or what they have to talk about and then leaving it. And I see it in their Instagram captions and they're just like, they're empowered and they're excited. And I love that. Um, so it does happen a lot with women, but even with my, with my male clients too, for sure. So that's really cool. I mean, it's a ministry in and of itself, honestly, because you're like almost giving somebody a voice for the first time in a way that is clear to other people. Right. Because I think oftentimes, even when we self-talk, like we're self, we're telling ourselves stories or thought lines that aren't true. And yeah. so bringing that out into the light is what copywriting is. It's like saying, yeah. okay, here's the storyline. And yeah. then for it to be succinct enough that somebody else can grab hold of it and be like, man, me too. I yeah. now want to come along for the ride with you. Right. Yeah. And you're going to, again, like you said before, like there's enough for everyone to go around. Like you're going to meet the perfect people that are for you right. and for your business. And, yeah. and it's okay that you're not for everyone. And I had to yeah. walk through that at first, especially with my coaching clients. Cause I'm like, well, any entrepreneur, right. And like, I have a web designer friend and a branding friend as well, who she's like, Oh, my client is everyone. And I'm like, well, no, it's technically right. not everyone. You feel like you want to serve everyone, but not everyone wants what you have. So trying to figure out what that was, was hard for me. And when I was redoing my website just recently, I had, it was such an emotional journey. I had no idea. I was like, I mean, I've been working alongside my um, designer for two years and we constantly just go in and tweak and add and, and do all of the things. But when you actually hand over that baby to somebody else and say, hey, you take care of this and you watch them like cut their hair for the first time is what it felt like. (laughs) I was like, this is horrible. How can they do that? That's the best part of the whole thing. So it was a really like, it was a trying experience. And I'm also really used to working with people in person. And it was something that was done um, remotely even before the quarantine existed. That was hard to navigate because you're trying to understand people's email tones, which is a whole nother people need to work on that for their copywriting process. <laughs> it's like, this is just, it's hard. So like, I want people to realize no matter what stage of business you're in, or even it has nothing to do with business and it's just you writing to your neighbor or your family member, like the more succinct you can get in that message is really just a proof of self-discovery. It's a proof of self-identity and self-awareness. The deeper you can go within, the better you can communicate it out. Yeah, absolutely. I try to tell clients or use the language that it's not necessarily always about them finding their voice because everyone has one, but really about like cultivating it. So I really try to help like coach my clients in terms of how they can like see it for themselves and they can start to identify what it looks like, what it sounds like, what it feels like to be speaking in their voice. Um, and I'll say a lot of times, um, figure out what you're trying to say, then figure out how you want to say it. Because so many of us, when we're writing, we skip right to the how, and that's why we get frustrated and we're staring at a blank piece of paper because we're like, this doesn't sound good. It's not catchy and clever, but we, the reason is because we haven't even figured out what the heck we're trying to communicate. Like, so the message is getting completely lost in translation versus, um, coming to the table and knowing, okay, this is, this is the heart, this is the crux of what I'm trying to communicate here, getting that on paper and then editing it to make it sound, you know, a little bit more you. Yeah. That's really good. I was just thinking through all of the things that I'm like, what, what copy do I need to critique? What do I need to go back on? It's really, it's really interesting. And like I said, when you're immersed in words and I love words so much, it's like something that you do have to like take a step back from and be like, Hey, what do you think about this? And how do you receive it? Um, which is really necessary. And honestly, the storyline of our lives. So again, like how, how people are receiving our busy or our, you know, our brand, um, Because honestly, and this is a cool conversation to go into, is it doesn't matter, again, if you're a business owner or not, everyone has a personal brand. Mm -hmm. Every single person Mm -hmm. is their brand. And so it's, I went from branding 
Fit and Faith, which was is the podcast, but was what I thought my business was going to go into. And everyone being like, it doesn't make sense. You're doing like all the things, but really it's just you who is doing them. So if you took away Tamara from them, would they still exist? And I'm like, well, no. And they're like, okay, you're actually branding yourself. You just have different names for the things that you're doing. Yeah. Oh man. So I think it's cool to see this rise of people having www.caitlinparker.com. It's like about you because you're, you now could like put your wine and like store in there and like all the things like, this is my favorite go-to, you know, winery or, or any of the things is my, this is my golden doodle. And it's really cool to see, to see how people are emerging in their self identity. Yeah, I completely agree. And I think, um, I'm so interested in like the culture of social media and the online world and how like it affects all of us. I feel like if if I could go back to school or I don't even think this type of program exists, but I would love to just like study more of that. And sometimes I think it's easy for a lot of us to just get caught up in that distraction and in that comparison and that like frustration of it just like never being enough. But I think when we kind of tie it back into gratitude of the fact that the being able to do all of this is so incredible and would have never been possible even like 15 years ago for like the ability for what's happening right now, even with COVID and the quarantine for people to have opportunities to still have a livelihood online and to express their passions and to get paid for it or to not get paid for it. Yeah, that's so true. So, um, it is, it's, it's really cool. And I think the more that we can all, um, just like support and, honor when you see the effort that people are making rather than looking at it with like curiosity or I wonder how long that's going to last. Yes. That's horrible. Or like she didn't wake up like that. You're like, that's not. Again, it's, it comes up to the meaning thing. Like why do we assign so much like meaning and judgment to things and everyone's figuring it out and everyone has a different expression of, like you said, their, their personal brand and their lifestyle and, and who they are. Yeah. And it's, interesting because in that concept of reflecting about busy and and what that meant when they said that and how it triggered me and it's not them like has nothing to do with them it's literally just a personal trigger is I'm like why does that affect me so bad and what am I living out that life again and so I was like it was within like 48 hours ago that it all happened and so last night I was working and my son comes up and he's like mama can you just play with me and I was like yeah two seconds and I'm like Hmm. Hold on a second. I'm like, yes, I'm going to come play with you. So I'm laying with them on a trampoline and like, we're, you know, looking at the sky and the clouds and figuring out what they look like. And our dogs are with us and we're laughing and like just enjoying cuddling. And my, my husband comes over with dinner and, uh, he was like, this is so, this is like just one of those moments. And I'm like, see, nobody sees these moments. I don't share these intimate experiences because that's a part of my life too. And I think people need to understand that. And I also need to be okay with the fact that there's going to be perspectives and and people are going to have their own opinions and their own places of judgment as things emerge for for my life and your life and every life. Um, Just for people to be mindful of the fact that like it's, they're putting a lot out there just to even get ready and put on that outfit. Like that's a lot of effort. So commend them for the fact that they have five kids and they're all matching. Like that's awesome. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. I was talking to someone recently too about like some of what we're talking about is also like vulnerability, like honoring other people's um, ability and desire to be vulnerable online and even share, share their life. Like again, 15 years ago, we didn't have like such a window into each other's life. And now we're almost bringing expectations into it where it's like I expect you to show me the good bad and the ugly and I expect you to show me all of these things like how dare you only show the good or how dare you only show that good yeah you know versus um it's okay like people have choice to decide what they show and what they don't show because some things are private or some things are in the moment Mm -hmm. or my husband and I were on our couch last night and spilt red wine all over the white couch. Uh, no! Like, all over it. And uh, the couch is new. <laughs> and I almost like completely like lost. I just wanted to just start bawling. Yeah. It was already just like a tough week. You know what I mean? And we're like scrubbing and scrubbing and it's not coming up. And 
eventually we got it up and it was so funny shortly after that like because it was just like the emotion of it I sat down and then I just started crying because it had been such a tough week and then my husband came over and he's talking to me and he ends up like praying for me and it was like God used this moment Mm -hmm. of like spilling red wine all over our couch for us to kind of like really come together and share a little bit more about like how we're feeling during all of this, how it's affecting us, you know, the, the pressures of our businesses or whatever. And so it was like one of those really healing moments. And it's like, I didn't take the time to go on Instagram to share the wine on my couch. I was cleaning it up. Yes. (laughs) Yes. A hundred percent. Yeah. So it's just, it's just giving people grace I think, and realizing that there is so much behind the scenes that all of us don't see and don't know. And, um, yeah, everyone, everyone goes through it. <laughs> yeah, it's so true. And I think that's why like releasing the the book last week, there was a lot of emotions that went into that that I didn't necessarily share. And I've shared like a little bit here and there with people one on one. But like it was, you know, releasing a book that everyone's like, oh, my gosh, congratulations. I'm so proud of you again. Like words mean a lot to me. Yes. So I try not to. It's nothing about the person. I just it's how I receive them. And I'm like, tell my husband, I'm like, everyone's saying congratulations and I'm so proud of you. And I like, I don't feel that even like 0.1%. I feel like I'm trying to rid myself of the shame that I already rid myself of, that God already freed me of because I feel like the world's going to put it back on me based on perspectives. And what are they Mm going to think when they read this story, even Mm -hmm. though God's getting the victory and he's getting the end of the story. I'm like the congratulations part. I'm like, Ooh, they don't know all that went in to that one chapter, which is only one tiny speck in my life. All the things that I've had to work through to get that one chapter. And it has, and everyone has that. Everyone has those stories. It's just a matter of how they reveal them or how they choose not to reveal them. So that point of empathy should be to every human, whether it looks like they have all of it together or not you likely we're all the same and we all yeah. are only trying to do the best that we can. Yeah. And some days it looks good. And yesterday <laughs> it didn't. <laughs> right? And later it won't again. Cause we're going to spill red wine yeah. and we're going to have to figure it out. And it's hard. Life is so hard. Business is so hard and it's not all glamor or, you know, pictures that get put up, you know? Yeah. And so I, I just love, I love the analogies of life, which is such a play to what you do, because that becomes then the words that we share about those analogies. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. The the stories and and storytelling and, Mm -hmm. um, being able to, you like see things in your life and like reflect and ask deeper about, you know, what it means and how you can use it as a metaphor, whether you're using it to educate and inspire other people or just to relate to other people. But, um, yeah, I mean that's that's how we're all connected is is through stories. So it is a big part of of writing, whether you're writing an email or um, a social media caption or um, crafting the words for a website. Yeah. So. Wow. Do you do like full package where you're like with somebody all the time? Um, I do mainly project based okay. versus um, I do have some clients that I'll continue working with just yeah. depending on their businesses if they're kind of constantly launching something or they just have a lot of content needs. But for the most part, I get clients coming in who are maybe they're probably going through a rebrand. Maybe they've been in business for about two years or so. And then we'll sit down, we'll reevaluate their brand messaging because their business kind of just like got started and yeah. like took off and they never like took the time to sit down and really figure out like yeah. how they want to set themselves apart moving forward. So we'll do that. We'll do website copy. We'll do like some email marketing sequences or something like that. And then usually they kind of go on, execute the rest of it on their own until they kind of have a, a new project need come up again. Really cool. So yeah. when I first started the fit and faith podcast, a lot of it was about like this mind, body and soul development, which okay. we've talked a lot about. Um, But I'd love to know from like the point of, you know, dealing with the eating emotionally or or whatnot and then how the going, you said you went back and you were running and you're, you know, a D1 athlete. How now does does fitness and and your body and mental health like play a role in what it is that you do and just living life daily? Oh, man. Um, I think like that is something I'm almost still like processing in a way because after I got healthy from everything that I was dealing with, it was shortly after the time that I 
moved back home. I was living with my parents again. I was in church, I was dating my husband in grad, like things were just going really well. And I always knew that once I just was like in a good nurturing environment and I was happy that like the healthy weight would come back on and all of that. But then I ended up suffering um, a really bad hip injury just from like over time, I had like a labral tear, I had some bone impingements, all this stuff. So I had to get a big surgery. And the recovery was um, a lot longer than I thought it was going to be. And so I went from like being in half marathon shape all the time (laughs) to like rock bottom, Mm. like struggling to do anything. And that was like such new territory for me, having been an athlete my whole life. And um, it was like the opposite of like, uh, like Newton's law of motion, an object in motion stays in motion, an object at rest stays at rest. So Mm -hmm. then I suddenly found myself just like, unable to be motivated and to get out there and and now you know I'll be at home working from home and like wanting to finish projects and work through stuff and so thankfully like with this quarantine we have a a gym in our garage and we've I've made more of an effort to work out more but I know and I so passionately believe like in the mind-body connection and just how like fitness improves every aspect of my life yeah so that's one of the things my husband and I were talking about last night is just how it can sometimes be hard to um, actually make the things that we say are our priorities, like actually our priorities. So I think that's something that's very much still in progress for me in terms of wanting to make fitness more and more of a priority. But at the same time, like, it's cool to see how I've evolved so much over the years where it was like, I wouldn't let myself go a day without working out. You yeah. know what I mean? And yeah. now like, I don't have anxiety in that area because I've just like surrendered that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that doesn't affect me in the same way. So um, it's hard. It's, it, it's about finding the balance, yeah. you know, and that's yeah. not an easy thing to do, but I still love fitness and um, trying to do the best I can. Yeah. The rest of, of course, of course. And I think, you know, and even the word balance, I just wrote an article that will come out in a couple months for a um, Bible in pop culture magazine and it was talking about like balance and, and the lack of balance that I think mm. exists in truth and how it's more about like that alignment or that centering and like knowing that like you're never going to have fitness and mental health right here or spiritual yeah. health and mental health right here. It's always yeah. going to be a give and take where you have to come back to center. Okay, let's focus on this and knowing that that scale actually has three components to it. Just like yeah. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, mind, body, soul, like yeah. spirit. It's all of those yeah. things and, and realizing that, again, grace is always the ultimate conversation with that. But also knowing that when you're skewed completely out in one area, it doesn't matter which one, everything else takes a fall. Even if that yeah. one area you, you feel and like for you, you might have felt like, oh my gosh, I'm in the best shape of my life. I'm, you know, the skinniest <laughs> that I could be. I'm wearing this double zero or whatever it be. There was a crash that came alongside that because the yeah. other components of yourself were not being nurtured. And right. so I definitely experienced that from a spiritual realm, a physical mm-hmm. realm and a mental realm. And I think that's how I'm able to find that purpose driven life that concept of alignment not always getting it right by any means but being really aware of it and Mm -hmm. also having somebody used the analogy the other day of like the rumble strip Mm -hmm. on the side of the highway like you're you're driving down the car that's your alignment you're feeling good and the rumble strip is like whoop get back in your lane you're gonna run off track right right? and so like being aware of the rumble strip and putting those rumble strips in your life to recognize, oh man, I am sensing myself. And I was the same way with fitness during this quarantine because I was waking up at five o'clock, going to the gym at my, from five to five thirty, ev- almost every morning. I would say three to four times a week during the school week, and um, give or take some weeks because you know that there's the I'm off this week. I'll start again on Monday component. But for the most part, and then when this happened, I had to completely shift my schedule. I wasn't doing that. And there was about a two week time frame where I worked out maybe once in like 14 days. And that's totally unlike me. And every part 
was completely not good. Like my relationship yeah. with my husband wasn't going so well. My business was feeling completely overwhelming. My mothering skills were taking a toll. My sleep was actually not as good because I wasn't yeah. eating and drinking the way that I was supposed to be. So it's just, right. you know, it's hard work, you know, life is hard yes. work and it's not supposed to be so hard. I don't think, but at the same time, like it's what gets us that state of empathy that state of constant grace and constantly handing it over to Jesus to say, I can't do it. Like I need yeah. you today more than anything. And I also think that there is the component of like spiritual, like your spirit man being the only thing that you fuel and you forgetting about the mental and physical realm and mm -hmm. knowing that like God's graced us with that mental and physical body for a reason and that we have to also steward that well. Yeah, absolutely. I can yeah. Didn't agree more. <laughs> yeah. So, so much goodness, so much like information in it. But I want to ask like final, like close out here from mm -hmm. like a mind, body, soul perspective, like where would you like to see yourself in like three to five years um, in, in everything that you've got going on now? Yeah. I mean, I think three to five years because I'm, um, I'm 30. So that is probably about that time that if, <laughs> if I don't have that strong <laughs> desire to have kids. Yet. That was not where I was going with that part of the conversation. We get it pretty soon. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. That's not even what I was thinking about. That's hilarious. <laughs> I know, but I think, I mean, that's already kind of on my mind in terms of yeah. just like wanting to nurture my, like, it's not about what size I am yeah. or it's like wanting to be strong and wanting to be able to get up and go like run a few miles. And, you know, knowing that when I do get pregnant, that, bouncing back or being yeah. in some shape, but that my body can handle the potential emotional toll that's happening. And you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's just about like putting yourself in the best position that you mm -hmm. can be to process the things that life is inevitably going to throw at you. 100%. So I want to make fitness more of a priority, um, and get my business in a really great place. I mean, it's, it's been extremely successful and I give so much glory to God for that. And I, I think he's still working out in my heart, just of finding the right boundaries and the right, um, the right balance. And I've been able to kind of go full force with it. And I know that that needs to have like an expiration date yeah. to an extent. Yeah, so, um, but I'm already working on diversifying parts of my business and I'm working on a course and a group coaching program and, and things that will allow me to continue loving my business and not get to that point where I'm like, I can't even look at it. Yeah. So. Yeah. I want to show that as you're talking about him a little bit more, you guys, um, check out, tell us a bit about the, the new resources that you're providing and how you're doing it. I thought that that was so cool. Yeah. Thanks. thanks. Um, so, so I do, do have, have a, a current, current resources, resources page that just shares pretty much all of the tools that I've, I've used in my business, and I recommend all of those um, wholeheartedly. I've used them since the beginning. Pretty much all of my clients, clients use them. them. Researched like, yeah. all of the tools. So those so have worked really well for me. And then I do have a shop section with just a few templates, one for writing an email welcome sequence. So if you've started an email list and maybe you have some sort of lead generator, whether it's a quiz or a PDF, and People, People are, signing are signing up to your email list. list. It's essentially um, a, a series of emails that you can send out to like further nurture those subscribers and allow them to understand your business and um, ultimately move them towards some sort of a sale. Um, and so we're working on continuing to develop additional templates um, and then a group coaching program. The, the launch date on that is still TBD, but cool. very cool. excited about it to just be able to like serve more people and to create community like within um, the copy and cork audience too. So yeah. yeah, really cool. So how can people like get directly in touch with you besides just your website? Yeah. Um, I'm pretty much always on Instagram for that account. We, we post at least a few times a week, um, on there. So copy uncorked on Instagram, they can join our email list, which is called the copy crew, um, by signing up for anything, taking the wine quiz. Uh, we send emails out regularly or they can feel free to email me at Caitlin at copy too. Fun. I'll, I'll definitely tag the quiz for all the listeners so they can go take it. I haven't taken it yet either, so I'm excited. Awesome. I'll have yeah. to post what my varietal is as I post the podcast. That will yeah, be fun. Totally. I'm so to, curious. Yeah, I'm sure you are. I'm sure that's always what you're thinking of when you meet new people. You're like, hmm, 
<laughs> analyzing their Enneagram. I, my, uh, my therapist did tell me, she was like, don't try to pigeonhole somebody into their Enneagram and don't oh, yeah. tell them what they are. Make sure they tell you. So I so desperately wanted to tell my sister, this is what I think you are. And it actually came back different than what I thought. And I had never met somebody with that Enneagram which is probably why we live the life that we live. But we are bound and determined to come into alignment because we can't have perfection everywhere, but surely it is something I strive for with people that are close to me. So I'm grateful to be in community with you now, and I look forward to hanging out at one of those vineyards here soon, and I'll, I'll get the spritzer. It'll be great. Yeah, I look forward to it. All right, y'all. So touch base with Caitlin, copy uncorked. It was so great to have you and connect even though next time it's going to be in person. Yes. All right, girlfriend. Thanks so much, Tamara. This has been so fun. Sure thing. Hey, y'all. It's me again. I hope in today's episode you sense and ignite to an ember within you. Something mentally, physically, emotionally, or spiritually moving that creates and sustains a fire within your journey. Before you go, let's solidify the flame. I'd love for you to take a step right now in declaring your takeaway. By snapping a pic of the episode you tuned into, share your sparked moment and tag me at fitandfaith underscore podcast or me personally at tamra.andress on Insta. I hope that I can keep you accountable and also share you with the greater community of the Fit and Faith podcast listeners. We're totally in this together. Community over competition is the motto, right? I'd also be incredibly grateful if you took an extra second to leave a review on iTunes or your podcast listening app. I'd love to feature your thought in the next episode and give you and your passion project a big shout out. You know I'm a writer, so I love words and I can't wait to read what you have to say. I'm ready to fuel the flame with you together. And until next time, blessings over your joy, health, wealth, and wholeness. Tune in next time. The content we feed our minds will eventually show up in our lives. If we feed our minds the lies and confusion of this world, our lives will begin to reflect worldliness. But if we feed our minds the truth of the gospel, our lives will start to reflect the heart and character of Jesus. I'm John Stonge, and each week I host the Dwell on These Things podcast, where we take a deep look at the Word of God and learn what it means to apply it to our lives. We don't skip difficult passages, and we don't gloss over the truth. If you're looking for a show that will put your mind in a better place and help you understand God's Word with more clarity, you can listen to the Dwell on These Things podcast at lifeaudio.com or on your favorite podcasting app.